On today's special episode of Crazy Busy, The Interviews, we're going to meet a successful entrepreneur who's pivoted from opera singer to confident communications coach over four years. And everything that's happened in between is going to be available on this episode of Crazy Busy. You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. Gina, welcome to this episode of Crazy Busy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a great couple of days spending with you at the Glow Podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my listeners are really interested in pivoting and transition. A lot of them are in transition. A lot of them are trying to pivot inside of a company they work for or even within their own business. Mm. And your transition is fascinating from opera singer to confident communications coach Mm -hmm. and all the things that happened in between. Tell us your story. Yeah, well, you know, when I was a little kid, I really, really loved to sing. And over time, that really evolved into a passion and a talent that I realized I had. I went through my voice lessons and I went to my undergrad to be an opera singer. I wanted to be a a performer professionally. And then I realized upon graduating that I actually had debilitating performance anxiety, which is kind of a problem wow. when you're trying to be a performer. And the big sort of hurdle that I came up with was I auditioned for grad school at the place that I went for my undergrad and I didn't get in. So I had this sort of come to Jesus moment of, oh, the place that trained me doesn't want me. I'm really not cut out for this. Not that I didn't have the talent, but that I didn't have what it took to really be a performer because that was the thing I always struggled with. Even though the music itself was great, uh, the actual performing part of it was what I really struggled with. So I really had to reevaluate the years that I had spent, the hours and the effort and, you know, my parents' money investing in lessons and school and all of that. And what I came to the conclusion was that I wanted to go, you know, the arts administration route. I can be around what I love, but really go in a different direction that's a little more, you know, safe or solid. And that's where I fell in love with marketing. I went to NYU for my master's in performing arts administration. And I fell in love with marketing and really just showcasing the power of the arts and bringing people into the world that I had grown to love and fall in love with so much. And even there, I realized that I wasn't really happy there. And so over the years, I had kind of just you know, like you said, pivoted to different places. And I had been a ghostwriter. I had been a social media strategist. I had done this. I had done that. I worked as an executive assistant at a commercial real estate firm and a development company. And over all of that time, because it was, you know, a good decade of time, I thought to myself, you know, what am I doing? I didn't feel like any of the moves I was making were progressing me forward. They just felt lateral. And I had a lot of shame and guilt around doing that because I was, you know, afraid of what my parents thought. I was afraid of the fact that I wasn't making any sort of growth. And I knew deep down in mm-hmm. me, as, as low as my self-esteem had ever been, mm-hmm. I really knew that I was built for more and that there was more that I could really contribute. And 
when I came across this realization that for me, music has really always been about this connection, about the message that I'm connecting with an audience. Because you're singing classical music, it's not often in English. So how am I supposed to convey to you what it is I'm really trying to say? I have to do it with my body. I have to do it with the timbre of my voice and, you know, just the dynamics I use. And when I had that realization, all of a sudden, everything that I had done made sense to me. All of a sudden, everything I did seemed like a toolbox for me to create now what I do as a communication coach, which is connect with people, to get clarity with them, to really create a experience where you see the value and hear the value of what somebody is actually doing. But I had to start by doing that and creating that for myself first. So seeing all of that as my toolbox instead of it being just, you know, wasted time was something that really helped me finally embrace my past instead of being shameful for walking away from it. This is amazing. I just love hearing people's stories and the power of being on the journey without the confidence of knowing that you were Mm -hmm. on the journey is what a lot of my listeners deal with, Mm -hmm. you know, not realizing that these steps, these mistakes, these missteps, these people that you meet that you think Mm -hmm. are going to be the people, the -hmm. partnerships, all of those things that fail, they turn into Mm -hmm. the substance that ends up creating where you're at today. Mm -hmm. So along the way, you know, you, you had said, um, your feelings were maybe that you were letting people down and disappointing people. How did you manage some of that? I didn't. (laughs) Quite frankly, I didn't. I just, I I let it get to me. I let it continue to eat at me and just make things worse for myself. And so my my self-esteem, like I said, was really, really low at some points. And I remember literally just being fetal on the couch at the end of every day. I had the energy to be, you know, a functioning depressive where I would go to work and go through the motions of my life. But I was miserable. I Deep down, I just, I didn't have any energy in me to do anything because I just felt like I was such a disappointment to myself, to my family, to every dream that I had ever even pretended to dream. And literally just fetal on my couch every evening, you know, curled up in the nook of the couch arm and just watching TV numb to everything going on around me, thinking this is always the way it's going to be. And even just thinking about it now, I'm getting a little emotional thinking yeah. about it. Like it's, it was a very, very hard time in my life. It, it is uh, not something you are alone with. I would tell you that most entrepreneurs, including myself, have had multiple versions of those experiences. And for people like us who pivot, Mm -hmm. we're seekers. We know deep in our heart that there is this place that we're supposed to be and we're seeking that that place where we're passionate. And I know a lot of our listeners are seeking that as well. And the frustration of not knowing it and thinking everyone else has it mm-hmm. is uh, part of what causes imposter syndrome and yes. fear of missing out. Although this is not my favorite question. I think it's a perfect question to ask you right now. Sure. What would you tell your younger self? What would you tell the gal that might be right now curled up in that fetal position on the couch, not realizing where she's at and where she's going? I think that is it, you know, that I I really didn't realize what was happening. I didn't realize that even though it felt like lateral movement, that my mindset was so focused on that being wrong, that there was all of these ways that I was wasting my time. That was the biggest conversation I kept having with myself was, God, it's such a waste of time. It's more years wasted. It's more, you know, expertise that isn't going anywhere. But if I had just shifted 
shifted my mindset around that. If I had told myself that this was market research, that this was data that was actually going to help me decide later what's really my focus, what is it really that I'm building up toward, then I could be grateful for that experience. In the moment, it's incredibly challenging to see it that way, especially with my mental state where it was in terms of mental health. But I mean, just, just to look at it that way now and realizing how valuable all of that was, I don't have guilt, even though my parents sometimes give me a little, give me a little shit about it. I don't know if I can curse on here, but they give me a little shit about walking away from the music and they hope I go back to it. I don't feel that guilt anymore. And I can stand in my power and say to them, well, no, this was still useful for me, just not the way that any of us really ever imagined. Yes. It's the old adage that everything does happen for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. And we're collecting data. And I know personally, when I've gone through those transitions, I've, uh, I get kind of close to God in the shower for some reason, you know, and I'll, I'll just say, I know you brought me here for a reason (laughs) and I don't see it right now, Mm -hmm. but eventually it will come together because each of the pivots has brought me together, Mm -hmm. uh, back to, to, to a centered place. So tell me about your business today. Yeah. So like you said, I am a confident communication coach and that in puts the umbrella over a couple different things that people really struggle with. The first and foremost is the clarity, just people being able to confidently and clearly express what it is that they do, the value of it, who they serve. That's something that people really, really struggle with. And I find that, again, having that musical background and performance and conveying that message in other ways has been very valuable for people. Uh, And it's also looking like public speaking coaching because people have such debilitating fear around that, which I understand very well from my performance days. I take some of those performance techniques and match that with this confidence and clarity to give them that. But then you have the more advanced folks who, you know, they want to build the keynote, they want to be able to shop it around and create workshops and actually be able to sell with it to people who are ready for that. That's another arm on their business that now they can add into their strategy. I love it because I think it is the number one fear. Yeah. Uh, above the, death. Yes, yeah. above death, <laughs> above public death. speaking. Sure so, yep. you know, for those people who are tough and want to push through, mm-hmm. it is a harder journey yeah. uh, to get on stage. And yeah. if it is part of your success path mm-hmm. to be able to speak with people uh, from a boardroom seat where there's 15 people or on a small stage or even on bigger stages, having help certainly quells the fear. What are some of the scenarios that people come to you with? The most common thing I hear is that the idea of public speaking makes them want to vomit. (laughs) So I work with a lot of service-based entrepreneurs that are online-based. And so things like Facebook Live, I mean, that is a very hot marketing strategy right now. But if you're afraid to go on there, or if you just are so afraid that it's really hindering the sort of clarity that you have in that message, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And it's just basically cutting off this entire arm of marketing for yourself. So... That limits you quite a bit in order to get the reach that you're really looking for, especially on like something like Facebook. So being able to give people the tools and teach them, okay, these are why the things are happening to you. There's a lot of psychology involved in it. I'm actually very involved with emotional intelligence work. It's kind of what helped me turn my life around. Mm. So really the psychology of word choices, like being able to use those as red flags of, hey, you know, do you realize you said this? Because that's sort of an intuition into your psyche 
how we can move past it, how we can kind of, you know, teach you to work through that. And it's not that you have to be this, you know, perfect version of something like you're saying, you know, public speaking is every arena. This is public speaking. Going on a date is public speaking. An interview is public speaking. It's all public speaking in some fashion. So it's for everybody and it needs to be something that we have confidence in. Otherwise, we're just going to be fetal on the couch, avoiding all of the things that make us afraid. Yes, and you cannot succeed that way. No, not at all. So tell us just about the day-to-day of your business. Yeah. You know, some of the things our listeners tune into is learning how to say no, setting healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. I imagine when you are trying to grow a business Mm -hmm. and do your business, that's two jobs already. Yes. And then you've got to be out. So you've got to be out pitching your business. You've got to be meeting with clients and actually doing the business. And then you've got to be billing and handling the aspects of the business. How do you do all that without getting crazy busy? Well, and I was for the longest time mistaking busy with productive. I was mistaking keeping myself constantly busy and not having time to sleep or just not giving myself restful sleep because there is so much on my mind. That was my biggest challenge more than anything. But being very clear about what's actually moving the needle forward. Um, I've gotten very good at time blocking and really dedicating certain days to working in versus on my business. So, okay, these days are specifically dedicated to working with clients. Mm-hmm. This day is specifically dedicated to admin work. This day is specifically dedicated to talking to my team and delegating what I need to and you know figuring out where we are in terms of our goals. So planning is the very first thing I always do. I love to plan. I'm that list person. I have lists for my lists and all the things. <laughs> so having my lists and planning out you know six months ahead of time what's coming to then break that down into smaller chunks, I know very clearly, okay, if this needs to be done by the end of the month, then here's what I need to do this week in order to keep on, uh, you know, on, on track for that. But that doesn't mean it always stays that way. Of course I get to reevaluate, but doing that is the best thing that I have to just kind of silo my time to make sure nothing gets lost in the weeds, because that was something I was very talented at for a long time. It's just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. It's the biggest problem I see with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, people Mm. inside of companies who are running little businesses. There are these two aspects of Uh, planning and prioritizing that Mm. can get lost. And we just dive in, the technology sucks us in, and it isn't enough to plan. I love what you said Mm. about chunking Mm -hmm. and taking things down to smaller bites and then really fitting them into blocks of time and sprinting Mm. through them. Yes. And then reprioritizing because Mm. everything that is uh, set will definitely change. That Mm -hmm. is one thing we know for sure. Yes. Well, and the funny thing is that for the longest time, all I did was plan. And then I couldn't figure out why the needle wasn't moving forward. It's because I wasn't actually taking action on those things. But because I spent so much time planning and saying, okay, these are the things I want to do, then I would beat myself up for having to redo it the next day because something didn't get done, you know, trying to balance the day job at the time with the business. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's an energy suck, not to mention having a social life and all the other things. So planning alone is not enough. You know, that's, that's not the one thing you can do for like, you need to do more than that. And that's where my work with consistency then comes in too, because you got to have the mindset, right. To get that confidence, but you also have to take action. Cause if you're not taking action, you're not going anywhere. That's fantastic. Gina, you're such an example of the work you do. That's the goal. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> we do have to walk our talk, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's Karen here. 
What Gina and I just talked about is so important. If you don't have a handle on how to plan your week effectively, please listen to the first full episode of this podcast, How Do You Know If You've Had a Good Day? And if you're having trouble actually getting the work done, you need to listen to the episode called Improve Your Focus with Sprinting. Back to the interview. So where do you feel most challenged around um, setting boundaries and and being able to say no? Is that it's something a lot of my female clients have Mm -hmm. a problem with? Yes, I was going to say female clients are the ones Mm. I see that the the problem with the most. And it's it's funny, even yesterday, I was I, I noticed something that really brings that to mind for me. It's, you know, you compliment somebody, oh, I love your sweater dress. Thanks, I got it at Target, you know, sale. <laughs> you know, like we always have this qualifier with something we say, but no is a complete sentence. To be able to say to somebody, no, I don't want to do that or justify it in some way. And we do versions of that all the time. So the way to get better at saying no is to start by being more succinct about the things you truly don't need to elaborate on. So if somebody invites you to something and you don't actually want to go, instead of making up all these stories about why you can't, just simply saying, you know, I don't I don't have time for that this week, but thank you for the invitation. So just really getting clear with your language, like that language again is such an indicator of what's going on in your mind, because if you're trying so hard to get out of it, just there's no reason you can't just stand in your power to say, no, I'm, I'm not able to go to that. And you don't need to justify that. Yeah. Ask me again. I'd love to go another time is, yeah, is another exactly. way to say it. Yeah. Because we can be nice about it. I think that's the fear is that we're afraid that we're not being kind to somebody because we say no. But I mean, would you rather be there and be in a bad mood and, and suck the energy from the room and dread going? And I mean, that's that's no fun for anybody either. Exactly. Or procrastinate knowing you probably should say yes, yes. and could say yes <laughs> mm-hmm. and then end up waiting till the last minute and creating a you know uncomfortable relationship situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gina, if people want to reach out to you and get a consult mm-hmm. uh, around it, how you could help them be more confident in their communication. How would they do that? Yeah, my website is always the best way to do, which is ginamolinary.com, and that'll be in the show notes to spell for those of you who are challenged by that. Uh, But I spend a lot of my time on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash theginamo, just because I like to give out free content, do Facebook Lives, little trainings and tips on the things that we're talking about today. And, you know, I love to connect with people there as well. So, you know, follow me, send me messages. I'm I'm still at this point the person who answers all my emails and my messages. So if you want to contact me directly, I'm very happy to, to reach back out. Well, I hope everybody heard that. Gina is giving away free stuff. Always. On Facebook. <laughs> and that can help you be more confident in your communication. Mm-hmm. That's it for today's show. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Karen. Until we meet again, end crazy busy and be the leader I know you were meant to be. This episode of Crazy Busy, The Interviews was recorded and supported by the Art House Hotel, New York City, with 291 guest rooms, three on-site restaurants, and nightly entertainment. Book your next day at the Art House Hotel or call in for group rates and events. ArtHouseHotelNYC.com